December 14th, 2020, and you are listening to Sam Walking in the World, episode 41. Fastest growing podcast on all the Nulltop Terrace. As always, these are the thoughts of a guy who used to be unhappy, just trying to live like he wants to be when he dies. Guten Tag, Kia Nihao, top of the morning for not the chesky better whoop it yet, and don't be a hoser, eh? I offer a big fat hello to all my devoted listeners across four continents and two hemispheres. I'm grateful to all of you. I actually am. And I'm thrilled as ever to hear you listening to the sound of my voice. Now, I got to tell you what just happened. <clears throat> I recorded like 15 minutes of stuff I wanted to tell you. And I got one of those um, pop-up boxes from the computer that says you, you an update will be done in five minutes. And I was like, all right, I'll just go for like four minutes and save it. And then after that, I'll continue it. But I got into what I was saying because it was awesome. And then it it automatically cut off and updated and restarted and none of it got saved. So I'm asking you to give me credit for about 20 minutes of really funny stuff. I don't know if you can just adjust your mood like that, but um, it was. I'm going to do my best to reconstruct some of it for you. Uh, but I guess that's the way it goes. I was thinking about it. I don't really read anything. And so if the thoughts are there, the thoughts are there. So here goes. Um, I have a quick, quick quiz for you all. Methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. What is it? Nobody? You in the back? Or are you just fixing your hat? It is MRSA. I have MRSA. See, when you're married and you're not trying to pick up chicks, it's okay to tell people gross stuff about yourself. Because like that that's the reason why most guys don't want something to get out about them because they're not going to be able to pick up chicks. People are going to go, oh, what, herpes? Sorry, dude. And MRSA stays in your body. Excuse me. MRSA stays in your body just like herpes. You got it for life. It's a bacteria that's unique from the kind that regular antibiotics kill. So you have to have these certain ones. I found out I had it when I was tested for MRSA during um, the preliminary to my hip surgery. So I knew I had it. And it is an awful, awful bacteria. It starts out as like this little red ring. And you can cut yourself, scrape yourself, get bitten by a bug, anything. And if an infection starts, your body already has MRSA. So it, a lot of times, it becomes a MRSA outbreak. And uh, I had one in my face first, like, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And it was like right on the, like by my temple. And it starts out as a little sore. Of course, I have to squeeze it to try and pop whatever's in outside because I need closure. And it, uh, it, nothing comes out. It hurts wicked bad. And then, like, it reacts to the fact that you tried to kill it by doubling in size. And it's, it, it's the one on my face. It was about as big as the one that I just recently got on my wrist. Um, and I swear, when it went away, when I took the antibiotics, the one in my face, and it went away, um, I swear I lost part of my face. Like, the, my flesh was not as it was after. 
the MRSA actually ate a part of my flesh. So it's flesh eating. And so I look at pictures of myself too, honestly. Like there was more face there before. So it's probably going to happen to my wrist too. But I don't know. What do I care? So I had to go to the doctor because after I tried to pop the one on my wrist and it failed, uh, it doubled in size. And then I, I tried to pop it again. Uh, maybe the second time that everything magically would come out of it. And then I'd be like, oh, that's over. No, such luck. So I went into the doctor on a Sunday. I had a, like, a special appointment on a Sunday. And I got, I got the weekend doctor. <laughs> yeah. The weekend staff is always cooler than the day staff. I, I hope they're as good. But this guy was cool. Like, he started casually swearing right in, like, our first conversation. I had never met him, and he knew nothing about me. He certainly couldn't know that I thought it was cool for him to be doing it, if that's how he talks. <laughs> He's like, "What? so what medications did they put you on last time? And I tried my best to reconstruct the names of the medicines, and he, he was close enough that he was familiar to it. He's like, oh, that? Oh, that, that's a pile of bleep. I was like, oh, all right. He's like, yeah, pharmaceutical companies, man. They sometimes they just they make these drugs and they're they're only half effective. And there's a perfectly other good drug on the market that you can use. And I was like, oh, those mother bleepers. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, oh, I, I think I did slip a cuss word in a little bit later on just to let him know I'm cool with him swearing because you can't really come out and say like, oh, you're swearing. You're a professional and you don't know me. I think that's kind of cool. Other people might not like it, but the hell with them. Can't do that. So I just threw in an S word somewhere in there. I don't remember where. But anyway, he as soon as he looked at it, he said it has to be drained. And I was like, oh, you know, actually, I was like, good, good, you pop it. And he was an awesome doctor. He was like, he was more like a construction foreman in his tone and temperament and so was his nurse they're both but i'm telling you they're both awesome and uh he cut an x first of all he injected me with like seven shots of novocaine i think i remember seven uh, this is gonna pinch a little this is gonna pinch this is gonna pinch a little he stuck the needle in right into the sore probably like a centimeter deep and then he did it six more times. It's like, I can't quite get deep enough. He's like, if I go deeper than this, it's going to hurt more than the, the, what I'm going to do. All right, I'll be the judge of that. So I'm just laying there. He's got the surgical light over me, and I'm just like gritting my teeth. And I make it through the Novocaine needles. And then um, he's like, okay, now, this won't last long, but this is going to be the worst of it. I'm like, all right. So I grit my teeth. And he cuts the scalpel with the scalpel. He cuts an axe into the thing. I can feel it just without even looking. And um, I heard a squirt. Like I said, I'm happily married, so I'm not trying to pick up anybody here. So you might as well know the disgusting truth. And I, I opened my eyes and looked, and it was on his jacket. It was like mostly blood, but like a lot of pus. It was gross. It was like it was like someone had been shot in front of him. 
the blood splatter hit him. So then he's like, all right, I was lying. That wasn't the worst. I was like, I know. He's like, now I'm going to squeeze this and get all this stuff out of it. And uh, he squeezed it. I heard the nurse go, ooh. <laughs> when the nurse says, ooh. And, and then I felt it running down the side of my hand a lot. It felt like like when you put your hand underwater and feel it running off your hand. That much. Uh, but it, I got to tell you, it was a relief. And not just because I was in pain and then I wasn't, but because I just I didn't have to keep on thinking about it. I could just trust this guy, this this bleeping guy. <laughs> and uh, so he wrapped it. First, he, he scraped all that stuff out. So I think that's where my flesh went. That flesh doesn't come back. It'll be like concave where it was a little bit. Or maybe convex. I don't know those two well enough. One of those. Where it sinks in. I think it's concave. And and he showed me how to wrap it. And he, he also, he, he packed it. If you haven't had the joy of being packed, it means they take a long strand of some kind of material that's you know, antibiotics, an antibiotic solution. And they, like a string, like a ribbon. And it's probably about a foot and a half long. And they gradually stuff it all the way into your wound. I couldn't believe looking at it after. All I saw was the tip of it. I'm like, it was like literally a foot and a half long. And it was all in my hand. And then he covered it up with this non-stickable bandage thing. And then... They call them four by fours over the top. Those are the little felt cloths that come apart when you pull them. And then he wrapped it in this really cool blue medical tape. And he showed me, I, I was paying attention. He said, you got to see this so you can do it. And then this morning, just before I did this podcast, I soaked my hand in, in warm water and Epsom salt. And boy, I never really watched Epsom salt do its work. It works. It just started pulling all this stuff out. It's like a magnet. And um, it feels really good now. It's clean. And you know what oddly he said is the most important thing you can do even more than the antibiotics is elevating your, your arm. So that the blood is flowing away from it. Because then the bad blood will be processed by your body and the good blood will go back to your hand and repair what's wrong. And But it's very hard to keep your hand up. Like imagine if you had to go a day with one of your arms up above your head all the time. I was trying to think of like ways to like jerry rig my basement so that I could have like I don't know put a, put a hook in the ceiling, hook it down so I could just slip it over a slip knot over my wrist, and just hang out from this rope. But I didn't do that, and I honestly I think all's going to be well. I don't really have to think about it anymore. But I'm going to try. The next time I see a tiny red circle, I'm not going to think that I can just beat it by squeezing it. Don't do that. Unless it's a clearly a whitehead or something like that. But if you're not sure something's going to come out of it, don't do it. It's not worth the risk. And you know what I also heard is that I think it's over 50% of people in the United States have MRSA. They used to ask you if you had it. Because it was a small number. And say, you don't have MRSA, do you? Now, it's it's more likely that people do have it. 
So they have all the antibiotics ready. That's kind of become the norm for for bacteria and antibiotics because there's more of it. It is a staph infection, after all. But a tough little bugger. Bleeper. <laughs> all right, I'm going to take a quick break. I have mostly stupid stuff today, stuff that uh, made me laugh. I'm going to talk about uh, Gatorade. Gatorade's getting a little out of control. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, just some stupid household stuff that I ran across, kind of stubbed my mental toe on. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, speed traps, right, police speed traps. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how I've had to become kind of a, a ninja around Sadie when I'm eating. Like, I'm getting good at it. I, like, get the food, make the food, eat the food silently. And for obvious reasons. Uh, and then I do have a couple of things in news and politics. I may, I may get to them, I may not get to them. But with that, I will take a quick break, and I'll be back after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Sam Walking the World, episode 41. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I want to talk a little bit more. As I was doing this process of, uh, of repairing my hand, changing the bandages and all that, I... Um, I came across two things in the process of doing that that reminded me of something about myself that I wanted to just mention. Some of the things that I that rattle around in my brain. I think I used to dwell on them, and but now I recognize them, and I'm kind of ashamed of my old self because I. And, and the truth is, I still feel the urge. It's it's so OCD and stupid, which is why it's in this segment. But one of them was when I opened up the Epsom salt. Oh, well, I brought it home. It's in a little bag, like the size of like a, I don't know, a, a cookie bag. And it's sealed at the top. And it's one of those ones that offers the resealable strip at the top. And it's got like a, a dotted line written on it it's for where you're supposed to cut with the scissors. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm, I have probably a 30% success rate. At cutting it so that I can still use the resealable strip. It's like you gotta hit. So you gotta be surgical. You have to like hit it right exactly on the line. Sometimes the line is off, but if if you cut too high, the bag stays closed, and now you have less to grab to pull it apart yourself. You end up having to grab the sides of the bag like a potato chip opening, and you open it. Your your chances of Ripping the bag apart and having all the salt fall down on your feet is pretty high. Or you can cut too low. If you cut too low, all of a sudden there goes the resealable thing, and now you got to go get like a storage bag. Or if you're like me, <laughs> you can't you can't just roll it up and put it on a shelf, even though it's salt. It's not going to go bad. You got to seal it somehow. I don't know why I do that, but they don't make it easy. And then the other one was, I have a bucket, this red bucket. It's like the kind of bucket you would use to wash fill water and soap to wash your car. And that's actually where my my um, car soap and um, wax and all that stuff was, was in it, and the sponges and stuff. So I took those out. I tried not to care where I put them. And then I washed out the bucket really, really well. And as I was washing out the bucket, I noticed on the outside, it still had its sticker on it. That sticker, it's got like the barcode, a whole bunch of fine print stuff. I'm not really even sure. Maybe a, a safety warning that you're not supposed to eat the bucket. 
or put it over your head for an extended period of time. And so I had this urge to take the sticker off. Like, I want a nice, unfettered bucket without this sticker. No one's ever going to see it. It doesn't matter at all. The sticker's there. You ever have things like that where you got to take the sticker off? Like a, a clear s sticker that says, like, um, extendable end. Or it is like a little arrow point to something. You get, you got to get it off. I want my products clean, unfettered, because I'm nuts. And if that doesn't prove I'm nuts, this will. I think Gatorade is getting a little loose with the flavor names. They started adding words to the names of the flavors that don't add any meaning to me about the flavor. Like cherry ice. Ice? That's a temperature. I've tasted ice. It's just like water, but colder. I don't know how that informs me at all about what's with the cherry. Or just the cherry and it's really cold. I don't want to drink cherry ice. I want to, I want to drink cherry drink. Um, I saw this one. Strawberry storm. Storm? It has no meaning. Do they think I'm like that stupid to believe I feel like I'm in a storm when I drink their sports drink? But whatever. Except now they've gone really far. Like they're replacing the actual words in the name that at least give you some indication of what the flavor is. Like glacial frost. Glacial frost. Really? Am I supposed to go down some like rabbit hole of suppositions? To figure it out. Let's see. Glaciers were prehistoric. I guess dinosaurs might have been around. What did they drink? Or does it taste like dinosaurs? This drink is too hard for me. I never took geology. Younger people, though. One of my friends is 27. And he is hip to the culture. And he's he does his power drinks. And he knows what the flavors mean. It's just funny listening to them talk. Like, dude, you gotta you, you dude, you gotta try cherry ice. Glacial frost is even better. Like, oh my god, you're conveying nothing to me. But I guess you have to be part of the um you have to be a member of the, the power drink community. People in the power drink community understand what all that means. We have way too many communities, by the way. If you think about it, the more we have, the less we are one. That's for another time. Um, same goes with nations, right? Nations. Are you part of the power drink nation? No, it would be, it would be a specific one. It would be the Gatorade nation. Are you part of Gatorade nation? Totally. I don't want to be part of Gatorade nation. Frankly, I don't want the emails. At least the bottles are clear. So you can gather some awesome clues from the color of the drink. Except now they have every single color you can think of. What fruit is Carolina blue? What fruit? Like, okay, kids, you got to make sure you eat your colors and vegetables. They're losing meaning. I swear, we're slowly eliminating meaning from our language. And when that happens, there goes truth. I didn't mean to get so philosophical in a conversation about Gatorade, but 
it's it's nuts. I don't understand. They must think that we're it, it must be the demographic that they're going for, and it tells us something very scary about the upcoming generation. <sighs> Glacial frost. All right, I gotta go on to something else. Um, let me ask you this question. When you pass a police officer at a speed trap, going one way, should you flash your lights to oncoming traffic so that they know the cop is there? I heard someone tell me that it wasn't even, it was illegal. And I was like, how are they going to catch you? How are they going to know that you had intent? There's no way. Now, it is kind of like being a jerk to the cop because the cop's got to get his quota, but I kind of side on the speeder side. I am a speeder. Not ridiculous, though. Like, if the if the speed limit's 45, I'll go, like, 52 or 53. If it's 35, I'll probably go 45. But he's looking for, like, 47 or 48, so he can get somebody with 13 miles an hour over the speed limit. And I don't, I just don't want that to happen to somebody. Getting a speeding ticket ruins your month. So I flashed my lights. And if you are police officers out there, uh, I'm sorry. I don't even know if you want to do it. But that isn't your job to decide. It's your job to execute the laws, uh, enforce the laws. But I tend to come down on the side. Uh, I'm anti-shoplifter, though. Like if somebody is running out of a store with something expensive and, and the the clerk is yelling, he stole that, he stole that. I'd probably tackle him. So it goes both ways, I guess. I really don't know where I'm going with that. But I guess just to ask you, do you flash your lights? What does it say about you? Or do you not? And what does that say about you? Um, uh, also in stupid things, um, I've become a food ninja. And, and I'm aware of all the sounds. I'm aware of the cabinet sound. She, she, these are the sounds she's aware of. The cabinet sound opening. She's definitely aware of the microwave door opening. Um, she's aware of it closing. She knows what the beep means food's done. And she can smell it too. But then when that happens, she goes and stands halfway between. She stands at the very top of the stairs that go down to the man cave. Because they'll usually eat down here. And, and, she, and the door will be open about a foot. And she'll be in this position where she can go either way. She can't get trapped in the basement because you can't close the door because she's kind of got her paw in it. But she's definitely going to be able to go downstairs if you go downstairs with food, which she knows you're going to do if you're me. And she is adorable, man. It's so hard. But she runs a lot. She probably burns, I don't even know how many calories, but a lot. She's been playing pretty regularly with her boyfriend lately. Uh, she takes it to him, man. She's a strong, broad dog. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, she knows the sound of silverware tinking. And then she won't even bark or jump up on me. She'll just sit there looking at me. And I can't bear that. I can't bear it. And, and sometimes I'll be eating something I don't want to give her a bunch of because she can't eat it. You know what I mean? Like... I don't want to give her like a whole slice of pizza. Sometimes I do. I gave her part of a steak the other day. Man, she was in heaven. 
But then she get, she finishes hers way faster than I finish mine, even when I cut it up. So I try to get all this done without her knowing about it. It's not easy. It takes a lot longer, but it's taught me how to be very quiet. Like I know where the creeks are in my stairs now because I pay attention to them. On one stair, you got to walk in the middle. On the next stair, you got to walk kind of on the left side by the wall. You got to distribute your weight equally, like a, like you're climbing up one of those things at the fair where you got to try and get to the top of it and ring the bell without flipping over backwards. And then I open the drawers really slowly to get my silverware. I put them on a napkin so that they don't make a sound on the counter. I hold the microwave door, depress the button, and slowly pull it open. Can't do anything about the beep. Um, but sometimes if I let it beep and leave it in the microwave, like I'll heat it too, a little bit too long. And then I'll leave it in the microwave. She'll forget that the beep happened because she thinks I forgot the beep happened. You know, when she's not looking, I'll go over. I'll uh, Maybe someone else will be playing with her. I'll go over and I'll get it out really slowly. You know, literally, heel to ball of foot to toe, all the way to the door. And then I'll close the door. Once I close the door, if usually I win, I can kind of creep back down the stairs and eat. But she's like so smart. She's like, where'd he go? She looks at my wife and goes, where'd he go? She's like, I don't know. He's like, come on, you know. Anyway, well, that one got away from me. <laughs> uh, but like I said, it was all stupid stuff. Um, I talk about a little bit of lengthy stuff um, about adjusting my default settings. I, we all have default settings. And sometimes they need to be at least monitored or possibly adjusted. I'll talk about that in a second. Talking friends, we got talks a lot here today. Well, before I start talking, let's talk about today's sponsor, Papa John's. No, not Papa John's. The better stuff. It's called Gino and Joe. Gino and Gino and Joe's go stop by there. Now, now we're going to have a field day today. We're going to be talking about Syracuse hitting Notre Dame. That, the one that I'm pretty sure his last name is Fear knocked the gold flakes off of his um, helmet. So, let's just say, um, let's just say he definitely did get rammed like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it's a little concerning, but at the same time, it's absolutely insane to the, the Giants. So that's all for today. Talk to Frick. That talks a lot. Brought to you by Gino and Joe's. Welcome back to Sam Walking the World, episode 41. Um, thank you, as always, to my boy, Milky. Um, he says to me he's got everything ready in his barn for his in-laws. He's got... His mother-in-law is going to be in the furthest possible corner of the barn from uh, his barn area. And um, <laughs> it's, he says it's going to be interesting because no matter what, she finds him. And she just st starts talking about maladies and with her body. She's obviously in a relationship, so she doesn't have to worry about grossing people out. But um, You know, it's like that. People will give their worry to you. And if you cannot worry about it, sometimes it helps them not worry about it. And so, Milky's such a good dude. He's probably going to do that for her. But anyway, we must forge ahead. I wanted to talk about 
changing my default settings. I get into these settings where I guess it's just what my instinct is to do. I'll give you an example to make it clear. I like I used to watch TV. I, ha I had to have the TV on as I fell asleep. I would be trying to have my mind consciously watching something, listening to something, you know, absorbing something, and, and then that when when you fall asleep, <clears throat> eventually that detaches, and they just become sounds that you don't really know what they are. You don't really hear the words or get the ideas. You start to detach from that, and then. But you still kind of hear it, and the light keeps on changing um, behind your closed eyes. You know what I'm talking about. And then, and then you never, never remember falling asleep. But, but you do. I used to do it, I guess, because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to just fall asleep. I'd just be laying there, staring at the ceiling. Um, but that's that's really not what happens. I mean, you, we all have a brain. We all have things we could think about. And you think that's where counting sheep came in. If you can't think of anything else, just count sheep. Count until you fall asleep. But why? That's just a waste of counting. The counting could be used somewhere else. So I just think, I'll just kind of think about my day. I'll, I'll go all the way back to the beginning of it, and I'll think, all right, what did I do? Well, what didn't I do? What might I do tomorrow? <laughs> It really works like that. And so, but I had to change my setting. I had to turn the TV off. And um, it's probably like around the time I usually would fall asleep. Like the last thing I remember on TV, because I know this channel, was this. Okay, so it was about 9.45. So around 9.45, 10 o'clock, I turned the TV off. And I just lay there. And honestly, some of the best ideas come to me. Because I don't really have anything to do except fall asleep. And there's there's like fertile soil in that area of what, when your brain is in that state. But, and, and and the good stuff too. Like you, you like I'll realize, oh man, I got to apologize to that person. Or um, that really worked. I'm gonna do that again. And um, so here's another one. Here's another one. Um, I try to. I used to eat until my plate was full. I used to eat till there was no more food in front of me, especially if the food was good, like a medium rare steak with sautéed uh, mushrooms on top, some mashed potatoes, string beans. If you just kept bringing that to my plate, that's why I don't eat at buffets. I never know when to stop. And it ends up this awful mix of food on your plate. Like, it's so bad, like two square pieces of pizza, some sirloins, strips, a crab leg, and a pumpkin pie. Ugh. But even if you're just eating stuff you like, I, I would always eat until the food was gone. But I always know when I'm not quite as hungry while I'm eating. And I'm eating, I guess, just for the taste or for the sense of completion. I really don't know. But... I've tried to change that setting. And here's how here's how I did it in a way that isn't really that hard. When I got my first idea that I might not need any more at that moment, I take one more bite and then I have Tupperware ready. 
and I'll take the rest of the food that's on my plate and scrape it into the Tupperware. And I know, okay, I'll be able to eat this tomorrow. I like it. It's good. It'll be able to keep in the refrigerator. And I'll get to look forward to eating this again at another time. But I, I, as, I, as I pick up the top of the Tupperware, I take one more look at the food and think, you could eat it right now if you wanted. You could eat it right now. Pick the fork up. It's right there. Finish me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to. Sometimes I'll do. Sometimes I will. I'll take like a five-minute break and be like, I'm eating all that now. And I'm like, why did I waste this Tupperware? But most of the time, I get the top on. Once the top's on, the food starts to go out of my head. And I put it in the Tupperware. And as we speak, as I speak, there is a Tupperware thing full of um, meatloaf and mashed potatoes. And some um, uh, calamari uh, rings, I guess you call them. In my, in my little college boy refrigerator. And I can't wait. It's going to be such a good little meal. Put a little salt on it. Mix it all around together. I don't mind swirling my food. If I like everything that's on the plate, why not just swirl it? It's like a food salad, but not, not lettuce. All right. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Um, there's really only one more thing that I wanted to talk about, and, and it is in politics. So shift your gears. I understand I'm going to turn half of you off, but the other half probably like this. Um, it's about the media. How the media is covering literally everything. How they, they can treat something one way when it's, when it's one person, political person, or official, or, or elected official, or whatever, and then a completely different approach to another one. But like they act like it's on the same basis. Like, literally, they, they will click and enlarge anything that's bad for Trump. And they will completely ignore anything that's that's bad for Joe Biden. This Hunter Biden thing going on right now. It looks like he's in trouble. Pretty much every news network before this announcement, which was made by him. by the, It was an official announcement by, I think, the Biden campaign or the office of president-elect which doesn't exist and he said he's the one that came out and said it. So that's that's the definition of getting ahead of something real and so but why didn't it happen why didn't the news cover before the election everyone knew all the facts that are be currently being used in this investigation everyone knew them they just called them unsubstantiated and they said there was no real evidence and now there is. And now the election's over. So it's like CNN calls himself um, facts first. It's such BS. And I'm not saying that Fox or, or um, you know, talk radio or anything. I'm not saying they're not slanted to the right. They are. They're open about it. You, you never see a dissent, a strong dissenting opinion on any of the other shows. But if you watch Fox and you're a conservative, you know that there are people on there that argue the other side and it makes your skin crawl. But it's there and it helps you sharpen your argument. I think no one confronts them, which is why they don't have to sharpen their argument. They're so bad at it. But if, if, you, if you're a player in the game and the referee, well, then you don't have to be good at the game. They used to be... The media used to be just the umpire. 
That was their honor. Their honor was in telling the truth. Their honor wasn't in saving the world with one political side. And so they just don't, they don't, do not call balls and strikes anymore. So it's like 90% of the media and 50% of the electorate is no different than, than when every other so-called racist Republican president candidate ran going back to Pat Buchanan. It's like they have not been calling balls and strikes for a long time. It's like the pitcher goes into his windup. Here's the pitch. Macaroni. What? Ball? Strike? And gradually it got so bad. It got so bad. Now it's like every single pitch is like, he winds, he throws, and Satan. He's out of there. Uh, all right. <laughs> I didn't want to end on such a down note, but it's really not. Uh, I think I'm going to have a pretty good day. I hope you do, too. You've been listening to Sam Walking World, as always. This is episode 41. As always, I appreciate your support. And I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.